Well, good morning, Life Point. How's everyone doing this morning? Amen. What great worship you have. That's just tremendous. And in case you didn't know, the bass player, that's our son. That is Trey. And we're so proud of him. And Janet and I, uh, Janet's my wife and Molly's our daughter. And we just want to say thank you guys for taking good care of Trey and just opening up your arms. And I want to just give a special thanks to Pastor Donovan and Sister Valerie and their family for opening up their arms and just taking Trey in. And thank all of you for loving him. It's great to be here today, isn't it? Amen. We had a great weekend, and Sister Valerie, she fixes wonderful gumbo. She hasn't invited you over. Tell her, hey, invite me over for that good gumbo. And She's going to kill me after service. Valerie, you did outstanding, and Donovan, you, Brother Donovan, you did tremendous, and thank you for welcoming us into your home and now into your pulpit. I know that uh, you know, that's a, that's a big trust factor when you allow someone into your pulpit. And I do not take that lightly, and I really am very appreciative to be here. Let's get right into the Word. Are you ready? Let's go to the book of John, the Gospel according to St. John. We're going to look at chapter 16 and verse 7. Going to read from, I would like to, I typically read out of the New King James Version, but this reading this morning, I would like to read from just the King James Version. I like the language of it this morning. So this is John chapter 16 and verse 7. Are you ready? Say amen. Here we go. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. This morning, I'm going to talk for just a few minutes on this subject. How do you get comfort? Let's pray together. Lord, we just thank you for the beautiful service, this worship, all of our guests, all of the members of this body of Christ. We just thank you for what you have done, what you are doing, and what you're going to do for this wonderful assembly and this pastoral team. Thank you, God, because we're believing for great things. And if you're believing for great things, say amen. Amen. All right, God bless you. Now, if you're going to help me preach, you can be seated. If not, remain standing. All right, I love it when I get 100%. Here we go. It is an innate human need to be comforted. We want someone to comfort us when we're sick, especially men. When a man is sick, no one has ever been more sick than that man. And you ladies need to say amen. When a man is sick, he needs plenty of comfort. When a family has lost a loved one, we need friends to come and the body of Christ to come alongside us and to comfort us. We look for comfort in companionship. Jesus told his disciples in John 16 and 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. 
For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. Now, we know that God is a spirit, and as God is a spirit, God can be everywhere at any time and any place. But Jesus was the embodiment of Christ, and Jesus was the flesh of God. And so in his flesh, he could not be everywhere at all times. And so this is one of the reasons why that he said, you know what? I'm going to ascend back into heaven, but I will not leave you comfortless. I'm going to be gone, but I'm going to send my spirit and my spirit is going to comfort you. Now, this is one of many reasons why that we should all want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because it is for your comfort. And if you don't turn to the comforter for comfort, the question what I'm speaking on this morning is this, then how do you get comfort? Because every one of us in this room, we're going to turn to something to comfort us. Now, it could be food, it could be entertainment, it could be sports, it could be shopping. There are numerous substitutes for comfort. An addiction actually starts when we turn to something, whatever that may be, to comfort us more than what we turn to the Holy Spirit to be our comforter. I'm going to get very open with you this morning and very plain. When we embrace a bottle, that can become our comfort. We can embrace nicotine to become our comfort. We we can embrace a multiplicity of things that bring us comfort. How many has ever heard of the term comfort food? Food can bring us comfort. So I just want to give you an illustration this morning, a visual maybe to help you see this in your mind more plainly. I want this chair here to represent anything that comforts you. That could be an affair where a man runs into the arms of another woman to get comfort. This chair could represent entertainment. It could represent sports. It could represent gambling. It could represent internet internet pornography. It could represent just you name it. And this, people find all sorts of things to comfort them. And here, ladies and gentlemen, herein lies the problem. Anytime that you and I go to this chair to comfort us, then this can become an idol in our life. Pastor Donovan, would you be so willing to help me this morning? Y'all, Pastor Donovan's prayed very long, very hard, and he is super spiritual this morning because he's going to be the Holy Spirit. So, Pastor Donovan, would you please come and sit in this chair? Yes, please do. 
And Pastor Donovan is going to represent now the Holy Spirit. Let's go back to this chair. We can find comfort in our finances, right? We can find comfort in all sorts of things. And please do not misconstrue what I'm saying. There's nothing wrong with food. There's nothing wrong with finances. There's nothing wrong with shopping. There's nothing wrong with entertainment. Unless we find ourselves running to this chair more than what we find ourselves running to the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. Now get this, God is a creator. Say that with me. God is a creator. And Satan is an imitator. And God is the comforter. And Satan can merely provide a substitute. Are you with me? And yet the enemy tells us that what we need is more money, more entertainment, more sports, more sex. We, we, we need all of this. We need more applause. We need somebody constantly patting us on the back and telling us how good that we are. We need, we need this. We need this. But hear me this morning. The enemy makes false promises. And instead of fulfilling our desires, lust for more just leaves us empty. Can I get a witness? It's the story of the prodigal son. I don't have a long time this morning. i got to keep it short. But I'm hoping that you have some type of Bible knowledge this morning and you've heard of the prodigal son. The prodigal son decided, guess what? You know what? I'm going to take my inheritance. He takes it. He spends it on parties and women and drink and just just unrighteous living, and eventually he winds up lonely. He winds up hungry, broke, and destitute. Are you with me this morning? Now, not much has changed from the story of the prodigal son. We think today that we need more sex, more money, and that will solve all of our problems. But brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you it won't. The more you feed lust, the hungrier it gets. Until eventually, like the prodigal son, it leaves you in a famine. Are you with me now? I just want the Holy Spirit to stay here and relax. Please hear me today. Substitutes slowly lose their ability to satisfy in the same dose and in the same frequency. I can't get real deep into this, but most people don't start off, start off shooting heroin. Most people just start off with a cigarette. And then they go to a joint. And then they go from that to others because eventually they got to keep feeding it. And they got to keep feeding it more and more because they get less and less. Brothers and sisters, nothing on this side is going to fully satisfy you. Eventually, you can do all of that, and you're going to find yourself like the prodigal son, saying, I've done all that, been there, done that, I got that T-shirt, but you know what I think? I think I'll go back to the Father's house, and you don't even have to call me a son, just as long as I can get back to where I know I need to be. The only thing, brothers and sisters, that's going to satisfy you is the power of a spirit-led life and being filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
I'm talking to all of us this morning. I'm asking all of us a question, front to back, right to left. How do you get comfort? God knew it is an innate need in all of us to be comforted. And he didn't want any of us in this room to be seduced by a substitute. He wants all of us to have peace instead of having appeal. He wants all of us to have the joy in our life instead of a bunch of junk in our life. Get this. If you're writing notes, take this down. Here it is. Satan's plan is to seduce you so he can reduce you. Oh, I don't have time to get into this. I wish I did, but just go ask Samson. When he put his head in the lap of Delilah, he was seduced. What happened next? He was reduced. They took his eyes out and he was grinding at the meal. Hear me, brothers and sisters, from the top of this pulpit to the back door, Satan's got one agenda for every one of us, and that is to steal, kill, and destroy. That is to seduce you so he can reduce you so that you try to find, oh my God, I feel the Holy Ghost, so that you can find your comfort in a substitute instead of running to the arms of the comforter and saying, God, I need you today. Would you please help me? Come on, somebody, stand to your feet and give God some praise in this house. Now look at your neighbor and tell them, I want them to get this. Tell them this, Satan's plan for you is to seduce you so he can reduce you. Here's what I found out, that nine times out of ten we sin because we're trying to meet a legitimate need in an illegitimate way. We do need to be comforted, just not through ways that destroy us. Now can I go a little deeper? All right, here we go. When one looks up the word for the Holy Spirit, they find the word deutimus, which means power. Deutimus is the power to do things beyond your natural ability. Deutimus is the root word for where we get our word dynamite. So if you tie the two together, the Holy Spirit means deutimus, which means power, which is likened unto dynamite okay that's one word the other word for for the holy spirit here's the other word in the greek it's called exousia now exousia is the power to do something that is within your power to do okay in other words it takes deutimus to see the sick healed but it takes exousia to stop at one oreo Did you get that? Okay. All right. So exousia means it is the power not to do something that is within your power to do. I want to make sure you're clear on this. Deutimus is dynamite. Exousia is power that you could do something, but it's called self-control. You choose not to do it. Are you with me now? Here's another example. A policeman cannot say that he has the power, deutimus, to stop traffic. 
he would have to be incredibly strong to stop even the smallest of cars by his own strength. Do you agree? Though he's not physically that strong or personally has the strength to stop traffic, he's given the authority under the law to stop traffic. And he can literally stop traffic by his power, which means his exousia, that is his right and his authority. Both types of power are important. Are you with me? Jesus walked on water and he walked through walls. He healed the sick and he raised the dead. His deutimus was off the charts. But his greatest victory was won through exousia with me. As Jesus hung on the cross, he said, do you not think that I can call on my father? And at once he would give me 12 legions of angels. I looked up what a legion was. A legion consisted of 6,000 soldiers. So Jesus was saying that I could call on 72,000 angels. And listen, one angel could do the trick. Jesus could have exercised his deutimus, killing the soldiers that were killing him. But instead, ladies and gentlemen, he exercised his power called self-control. And he said, I could have angels come and take care of me and lift me off of this cross. But this exousia is going to keep me here because I want to send you a comforter. Because I understand that you're going to need comfort. And it is imperative that I die for the sins of the world. But I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send you a comforter, which is the power of the Holy Spirit, that every time you need comfort, you won't have to run to this chair. You can run to the power of the Holy Spirit. Am I helping anybody this morning? You say, Pastor, why do I need to be filled with the Spirit? Because you not only need power over sin and sickness and death and disease, you need enough power to say, no, I'm not going to take that drink. No, I'm not going to look at that on the Internet. No, I'm not going to go there. You need both types of power. That's why you need the power of the Holy Spirit. Because just left to yourself, you're going to destroy yourself. Oh, listen, hear me this morning. No one, none of us, not myself, not pastor, none of us is beyond temptation. No matter how mature you become spiritually, no matter how long you walk with the Lord, temptation is there to always to try to drown you in some type of substitute. Even Jesus was tempted. Can't get into this real deep here, but... Temptation comes when we experience uh, an acronym called HALT. And, and real quickly, that means you're hungry, you're angry, you're lonely, or you're tired. You have to be very careful when you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. The enemy will try to slip in on you. I need some real folk here this morning. I said the enemy will try to slip in on you. If you look in the Old Testament, King David is an example of this. Why did he fall into sin with Bathsheba? If you study the Word of God, you'll find out that he had seven wives and Bathsheba was his eighth. Really? I'm doing good with one. And so we say, you know what, we just need one more. And yet David had eight and yet he wanted one more. 
Are you with me now? I think temptation came in when he sent his army to war, but he stayed home himself. Here's just my personal opinion. I think we can be busy but bored. I think we can be very busy running the kids, going to camps, going to sporting events, working. But inside, we're bored and we look for something to comfort us. And if we're not careful, it can be in the arms of another woman. Men, women, it can be whatever it is that you struggle with. And you can find yourself in the arms of something to say and comfort me. And ironically, Pastor, being on the sidelines for David was far more dangerous spiritually than being on the front lines. Mm Mm-hmm. Because David was bored. And some of you gamers, you're going to understand this next statement. He was playing call of duty instead of doing his duty. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, you got that. You had to be younger to get that. (laughs) Trey got it. Why, as you read in the scripture, why was David walking around on the roof? That's actually what it says in scripture. Here's what I believe, because he had nothing else to do. The Bible said in the evening time, David got up, meaning that most likely he had slept all day because he was bored. He should have been on the front lines, but he stayed back. Are y'all with me now? So instead of being the king, remember this, men, every man has a king and a fool in him. Ladies, hold on. This is going to sting you. But every woman has a queen and a nag. And here's what I have found out. Don't look at the Holy Spirit to comment. The Holy Spirit is here to comfort you, not to be controversial. Are you with me? Here's what I have found out, that who you speak to is who you get. You either speak to the king and your man or you speak to the fool. Are you with me now? Here's what David did. Instead of playing the king, he played the fool. And this is at the heart of what I want to say to each and every one of us. The two biggest factors that will help us in life are really one. Number one, being full of the Holy Ghost. So we have that self-control that keeps us from destroying ourselves and running into the arms of a substitute comforter. That's number one. And second of all, here's what I found out, that everyone in this room, we all need a God-sized dream that's bigger and better than whatever sinful temptation you face. God gave Joseph a dream that gave him something to look forward to. Every person needs three things, someone to love, something to do, and something to look forward to. I'm going to say it again. Everyone needs three things, someone to love, something to do, and something to look forward to. And here's the deal. If you don't have something to look forward to, you're going to get into the arms of something that's going to comfort you. Because we all need comfort. And what happens is, is when we as people bow down to this more than we bow down to this, then this becomes an idol in our life. 
and we think of idols as being made of gold or silver or wood. We think of idols just, you know, something that you can literally see. I'm here to tell you that that may have been in ancient days. That's not the case today. We bow down to money. Oh, I need some real folk in here now. We, we bow down to comfort in, in a most multiplicity of ways that we say, look here, I need this food to comfort me. Mm, I could get into some stuff, but I want to be your friend. So I'm going to just, I dabbed in that and I got out. Do you see that? Do you see how quick that was? We all need a vision for our marriage that's better than internet pornography. We all need a vision for our life that is bigger and better than selfish ambitions. Most people live as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. And it's not. It's simply not true. Y'all stay with me. God did not die for all of us just so we could play it safe. God died so that we could be dangerous. Oh, that we could be a light in a dark world. A person who has been seduced by drugs and alcohol, we all know, is living below their potential. They're not helping themselves. They're not helping their family. They're not being a blessing to the community. And when any of us run into the arms to be comforted by this, then it's the wrong comforter. And the enemy seduces them and reduces them. But God always, brothers and sisters, wants you to serve the greater and never the lesser. It's not because God doesn't understand. It's just God understands that when he gets involved with you, God never gets involved with you to decrease you. God always gets involved with you to increase you. The enemy gets involved with you to take you down. The Holy Spirit gets involved with you to lift you up. That's why we all need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody stand to your feet and give God some praise in this house. You can be seated. Any person who is full of passion and full of the Holy Spirit, a person who is living on purpose, that is a dangerous person to the spirits of darkness. The enemy doesn't want you to be full of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't want you bowing here against your comfort. But when God put this into my spirit, now I find myself, if I were to be drifted away on something, I say, Holy Spirit, comfort me today as only you can, lest I try to find myself in the arms of something else. Listen, brothers and sisters, it don't matter how cute you are this morning, how nice you look, how how well-dressed you are, I know the tactic of the enemy and that is he wants to get you into this chair so he can eventually seduce you and reduce you and you walk out of life point and you never become the man or the woman you were intended to be. You cannot do this by yourself. That's why God said I understand that and I'm going to send you the comforter that is going to comfort you. I got to hurry right now. Who's more dangerous, a person who's been seduced by sin or a person who has been filled with the Spirit? Jesus may have been meek and mild, but he also had a wild side. He touched lepers. 
He celebrated Samaritans when no one would even talk to him. He celebrated them. He stopped storms. He exercised demons. He ate with sinners. He healed on the Sabbath. He turned a funeral procession into a parade. And then he lived the way he died with pure passion. Then on the flip side of that is sin. And sin causes us to be half-hearted creatures fooling around with substitute satisfactions when infinite joy is offered to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Colossians 3 and 23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord. A literal translation says it like this, Do it like your life depends on it. Brothers and sisters, some of my closing remarks, this is where the enemy wants you. And y'all don't think of anything that I'm about to do. Don't take a picture of this. But this is (laughs) where God wants you. You say, well, Pastor, what if I've messed up and I've been here? Here's what the scripture says. We have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ the righteous. Hey, come on now. Who is willing and able to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. No matter what you have done, it's not a matter of where you've been. It's a matter of where you're going. Get out of that chair and run to the power of the Holy Spirit and admit that I can't do this by myself. I've had some things comforting me, God, that I need. I, I just want to let it go. And I want to run into the arms of the comforter. How many has ever, how many has ever, let me see your hand. You've been in a, in a prayer meeting when the Holy Spirit comforted you and you just didn't want to leave. You ever been there? You know exactly what I'm talking about. No one can touch you like Jesus can. No one can give you peace that you cannot understand. No one can bind your wounds like those nail-scarred hands. No one can touch you Like Jesus can. So I'm wrapping this up. The comforter was sent to comfort you. So this morning, it's my my prayer that everyone in this house, number one, that you would know God. That you would know God. Because when you know God, God's going to comfort you in all the right places. He's going to speak to you in all the right ways. And then when you bow at this, it keeps you from bowing here. Because you're going to worship, brothers and sisters, you're going to worship something. You may bow down to the sound of a cast rester, But you're going to worship something. Something is going to bring you comfort. And this is what the Lord says. 
it's expedient that I go away so that I can send you what I know you so desperately need, and that is the comforter. If you need Deutimus, guess what? When you get the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he gives you Deutimus, that power to heal the sick. But he also, when you get the power of the Holy Spirit, he gives you Azusia, which is saying, no, I'm not doing that. My comfort comes from the comforter. Would you stand, please? This morning, I have asked Pastor, I want Pastor to come, and I want him to give this altar call this morning. It's been our privilege to be with you. Thank you for our time together. Donovan, Valerie, Life Point, Janet and I, Trey and Molly, we appreciate your love. And just know that we're lifting you up in prayer, and the best is yet to come.